0: This is Adam Gorney, the National Recruiting Director at Rivals. This is the new Respect My Decision podcast with Adam Gorney with the f- special guest today, who is the new National Recruiting Analyst at Rivals, Nick Harris. Happy to have you on board. You started by going to the Under Armour camp in Dallas this weekend where there were a lot of good good players there, a lot of guys we wanted to definitely see and and get some fresh eyes on and then kind of see where, where we, we think they stand now. Starting at the top, Nick, is... Uh, David Hicks Jr. He's our number two player in the country. Definitely a guy that could push for number one because of that position versatility. But there are a lot of guys also behind him who are just phenomenal. I saw Kormani McLean this weekend and Malachi Nelson and Nico Yamaliava. And, and just down the list, you go. What did Hicks look like? Where do you think he projects long term? And is this Oklahoma, Texas AM?
1: Yeah, Hicks was really good yesterday. He's had a kind of an inconsistent camp run over the last couple of months. Uh, But yesterday, he was really starting to put it together. He got to line up against elite competition, and he had been preparing for this camp, and it was clear that he was preparing, you know, for the reps that he got yesterday. uh, Lining up against some four-star and high three-star guys from around the area. Uh, I mean, his speed around the edge is fantastic. But what's really cool about David Hicks, you can line him up anywhere across the defensive line. He's getting around an offensive lineman in almost half a second, so – his, uh, his finesse moves are, are really strong. I'd like to see more power from him, but he definitely has that uh, potential with his size and frame at this point.
0: I think Oklahoma probably has the edge. Texas a isn't going to go anywhere, and, and everybody else is going to try. But I think that staff at Oklahoma, now that it's sort of a defensive-minded staff, ab- absolutely helps. Do you kind of get that feeling that the Sooners might have a little bit of an edge?
1: Yeah, a lot of recruits yesterday were talking about Coach Bates, the defensive line coach at Oklahoma, and David Hicks was one of them. Uh, he's definitely making an impression on Hicks right now. Uh, you mentioned Texas A&M; they're going to be in it uh, through the thick of it as well. Coach Price doing a fantastic job over with the Aggies. But two out-of-state schools that I'm watching right now are Miami and Oregon. Uh, Miami, he he took a return trip there this past week. He's really liking what uh, Coach Cristobal is doing with that new staff and how they're kind of you know uh, reinvigorating that program. And Oregon, that's a place he grew up, really loved watching. Uh, you know, as a lot of kids uh, these days do. Um, and, uh, he's going to be making a trip out to Eugene in the coming weeks to meet with coach Landing and see that program for the first time in person. He's really liked what he's, what he's had as far as communication with those guys. So while his recruitment might still be in its early stages, there are a couple of out of state programs that are starting to make some entry, but Oklahoma and Texas A&M are definitely going to be in the thick of it.
0: Let's stay on the defensive line. Zena Umeo Zulu, whose brother Neto committed and signed with Texas, um, that could certainly be where he ends up, too. I think that's that would make a whole lot of sense. And I was talking to Josh McQuistion from our Oklahoma side about this. Um, there are brothers that definitely play together. There are brothers like the St. Brown brothers. There are three of them. They all went to different schools. So I don't think it's a lock that he goes to Texas. I think Texas is certainly going to be a school. But, again, Oklahoma is a, is a school that he has mentioned a lot of Texas A&M. What did you see from him? This is a kid who – seems to be starting to put it all together. And when he does could really shoot up the rankings and be a a really special player.
1: Absolutely. Once he fills into his frame and he's going to be a monster, but talking about his recruitment, Oklahoma uh, definitely in the thick of it. He's really close with DJ Hicks, their high school teammates, and uh, they make a lot of uh, trips together and visits together. And he's pretty adamant about the fact that, you know, Texas is not going to be just a lock just because NATO is going to be on campus in the summer he's definitely treating his recruitment as his own. So, uh, but Texas is certainly going to be in it along with Texas A&M. I'm watching Florida as well. Uh, that's a place he took a visit with NATO last year and really appreciated. So um, uh, watching a couple of out-of-state schools such as those, but uh, you know, it's still in the early stages, but there are some solid regional schools starting to make an impact.
0: Jordan Raynaud is a very interesting kind of prospect. Looks awesome. Originally from Florida or I believe Florida has, yes. has like all kinds of connections. Uh, which means he could probably end up in a lot of different places. Uh, Sometimes is overwhelming and you're like, man, this kid dominates. Sometimes you're like, yeah, let's maybe figure out where he is. What did you see from him? Where, where do you kind of see him projecting? And, and with that kind of geographical fluidity, where do you think he kind of ends up? If I had to
1: pick one defensive lineman that looked the best yesterday, it was probably, it would probably be Jordan Renat. He looked fantastic. But as you said, he, he maybe has some inconsistent showings as far as, you know, you don't know what you're going to get out of him and seeing him in a setting. But yesterday he was fantastic. It was the best I had ever seen him. So it uh, looked really strong, and I'm encouraging to see how his offseason goes. Talking about his recruitment, man, you mentioned Josh McQuistion. He might love this podcast because Oklahoma's doing a fantastic job with Renaud as well. I'd probably say of the three recruits we've mentioned so far, Oklahoma's probably doing the best job with Renaud. Um, he's, he loves Coach Bates. He's loved his trips to Norman. Uh, he's planning return trips. Um and it seems to be the only regional school that's really making an impact at this point. You know, talking about his, you know, geographical versatility, if you want to put it that way. Um, Florida, and Miami, they're definitely going to throw their hat in and try to get involved. But Right now, I see Oklahoma as a, a pretty heavy favorite at this point.
0: Let's move over to offense. Some really good wide receivers there. It's a loaded group. Um, you know, I saw I saw Hakeem Williams, Brandon Innes, Carnell Tate and Zachariah this weekend, and they were all phenomenal. None of them disappointed. But in Texas, Jonte Cook is an interesting situation because he might be maybe the second-best slot receiver in the country. We have him ranked behind Makai Lemon right now. Lemon played outside in his junior year. Cook might be a little bit more dynamic. How was he? How did he look? And, and what was kind of the feel from, from Jonte?
1: Yeah, Jonte, it was really windy yesterday, so it was hard to complete downfield passes. But the thing about Jonte that I love is he's one of the best route runners that I've seen at the high school level. Uh, He has a really high IQ as well as far as, you know, when to drop uh, in in certain coverages and where where to play in certain windows. And uh, while he was only playing up against one-on-one coverage yesterday, he was still showing those, you know, high IQ traits, uh, you know, whether it be in the route running, even though the balls weren't getting completed necessarily. But talking about his recruitment, you know, I still feel like Texas is in the pole position at this point what uh, new wide receivers coach, Brendan Marion has come in and really, you know, struck that relationship really hard. And uh, you know, John Tay Cook is definitely uh, connecting with that relationship, but Texas A&M was right behind. I would not discount the Aggies at this point in his recruitment. He's really close with Evan Stewart. They played on the same seven on 17 last year. Uh, still talk quite a bit and he went on a visit to college station back in January and got to see Evan and, and see where he lives now. I got to really connect with the city at college station as well. So I'm definitely counting the Aggies as a contender at this point. Uh, looking around, Ohio State, LSU. Uh, those are a couple of other uh, out-of-state schools that I think will be mentioned as well. And then USC. Lincoln Riley's definitely going to try to get involved for uh, you know a guy that he was previously involved with too.
0: Yeah, Cook Cook will talk a big game about all the out-of-state schools, but when he was at that seven-on-seven seven and said uh, every, everywhere else but Texas football is trash, I think uh, <laughs> that made a yeah. statement. That I think he's going to be a, a kid that probably stays in state. Texas, Texas A&M. But but I, I do give uh, the benefit of the doubt that there are other options. Braylon James, great looking kid, super long, super athletic. This might be one of those kids though, where Stanford has gotten into Texas and, and gotten kids, or he goes to a high academic place. What, what's kind of your feel on what he's thinking about leaving the state? And and now Stanford seems to be catching on a little bit.
1: Yeah. Talking to him a few times over the past few weeks, uh, you know, Braylon, he's, he's very well put, uh, well put in his um, interviews and, uh, definitely gives us quite a bit, and he straight up said his top two right now is Notre Dame and Stanford. And if I had to pick one school that I think is in the uh, in the in the front right now, I'd say Notre Dame. Um, yeah. He's had very solid trips to South Bend. Uh, is really connecting with Coach Freeman. He's talking to him almost daily. Um, I would say Notre Dame is in a really solid position right now. Um, yeah, you know, Texas is trying to get back involved with uh, receivers coach Brendan Marion. Um, you know, making a connection with him, but Texas was just so late in the game. Uh, under the previous wide receivers coach that they're going to have a lot of catching up to do. Could they land an official visit? I think so. But uh, right now I see Notre Dame as the favorite.
0: I know at camps, it's hard to judge linebackers. It's just impossible almost. I mean, they don't really do a ton and then they're asked to turn and run 40 yards with a running back who has a, a running start and everybody looks crappy. Peyton Pierce though is a guy that is interesting. I mean, He lists, I think, 132 tackles in his junior year. Um you know, when you see that on a huddle, you're like, yeah, right. That that means you're you have 10 tackles a game. That's almost statistically impossible. Excuse me, sophomore year. Um uh, but he is a guy that I mean is constantly around the ball, constantly flying everywhere, super rangy and athletic guy. What did he look like? What was kind of your sense on his movement, athleticism? And it, it is Texas kind of the, the the far and away leader there.
1: Man, if you're looking for production from the linebacker position, Peyton Pierce is as good as it gets. You mentioned the triple-digit tackles that he had in his sophomore season. I mean, that's just the that's just the tip of the iceberg for him. He uh he's already had a solid off season so far. He just won a state championship uh, in wrestling at the 225 pound division, which is not easy to do in the state of Texas. there's some really solid D one wrestlers that come out of Texas, so. Uh, he's definitely got a wrestler's body and a wrestler's brain as well. And he looked really good in movement yesterday and, and being able to you know, move around with some of the speedy running backs that were in uh, in competition as well. Looking at some of the schools that I think are making an early impact, you mentioned Texas, but I think Arkansas as well. Arkansas has a really strong connection with his high school at Lovejoy. Uh, Bumper Pool being a guy who uh, uh, made that transition from Lovejoy to Arkansas. And there's been many more in, in recent classes. Uh, so that's an, another school I'm watching. Oklahoma State as well. But as more regional schools get involved, I think that's when really his recruitment will start to take off, and true leaders will be able to separate. I feel like it's a little too early to maybe pin a favorite at this point.
0: That's the rule, right? You want your tall receivers to be basketball players. You want your slot receivers to be track stars, and you want your linemen and your linebackers to be wrestling stars. State so, champion
1: wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: that's uh, that's always my been my motto. So let's let's touch on some defensive backs because it was loaded there, and the state is loaded. Um, Javian Toviano talks up lsu a lot loved that visit but texas is still sitting there and it looks it feels like texas right i I feel like it's pretty wide open at this point you know he he, i talked to him a
1: couple of weeks ago and i asked you know where's the communication at with texas compared to where it was maybe in the fall and he said i'm gonna be honest they were slipping in the fall texas was but they picked it up recently and his junior day experience in, in Austin in January really helped Texas re-enter that picture uh, among his contenders. I see them in probably the top three right now, along with uh, Texas A&M, and then you could probably fit in either Oklahoma or LSU in that race as well. Oregon is a school I'm watching. It's a place he hasn't been yet, but he's taking a visit, and he's really excited about his trip to uh, Eugene. Um, you know, I'm I'm curious to see how these next few visits shake out for him, and how it kind of how the dust settles here a couple of months from now, and where he takes his officials in the summer.
0: Two other ones, Malik Muhammad, who looked like he was sort of all Notre Dame for a while. It seems like they've cooled on him a little bit, maybe not as communicative as he would want. That could certainly pick back up. But the Texas schools are very involved there. And then Ryan Yates has a top four, but then some people are talking Mississippi is trying to get involved very seriously there. What was your sense on both of those guys? Malik Muhammad,
1: I think Texas is doing a fantastic job right now with him. Uh, Javon Thomas is another strong corner that plays for South Oak Cliffs. So there's been a lot of schools that have been flying through uh, South Dallas trying to see those two guys along with the other, you know, a host of stars that they have on that team. But Malik Muhammad has probably been the hottest commodity. He's up to 43 offers right now from just about everybody in the country. He's talking to a lot of schools. But I like where Texas is positioned right now with him. Uh, I'd like to see him return here in the coming weeks for a visit. Uh, I'm curious to see if he makes it for one of those two weekends uh, that either Archman or Ruben Owens are going to be on campus uh, just to be able to connect with some other guys in that class. Um, and you mentioned Ryan Yates. I like where Michigan State is at right now. Uh, I think they're probably the leader at this point. Ole Miss is working themselves back into the picture. Um, he released a top four that did not include Ole Miss, but Ole Miss has really picked up the heat since then, and he told me yesterday that they're they're definitely going to get a visit out of him and potentially an official visit out of him. So he's going to take his officials in in June. He says he wants to knock them all out in June and commit before his senior season. Uh, so before that, I, I like where Michigan State is at right now. I probably put Texas tech number two, uh Cal three, and probably Almost four.
0: Arkansas has loaded up at tight end. I mean, they're gonna be able to throw to tight ends you know whenever they want to with this class. But Anthony Evans is a guy that you targeted as who's a mid three star right now, but you feel should be much higher after yesterday. What did you see? Uh what did you see from him? at the, at the camp and his speed and, and playmaking ability to kind of convince you that maybe we have him a little low.
1: I, I really like Anthony Evans. I've seen him multiple times so far this off season. Uh, his, his track speed is phenomenal. Um, he sits at about 511 170 right now. He can blow by just about any, uh, any defensive back. I like him lining up inside. I like him lining up outside. And although he doesn't maybe have the production numbers that you would like out of a speedy receiver like that um he, he makes up for it just with his game tape uh, he's really electric uh he maybe doesn't have a lot of route concepts in his bag but he can jump up with just about anybody he can create separation really quickly um i like where he's trending right now he's committed to arkansas but other major programs are starting to get involved i could really see his recruitment rise here in the coming weeks
0: two more and then i'll let you get back to to your day job uh kept <laughs> you long enough um Cordell russell is another guy that had a really impressive day his recruitment has been a little off the rails, two commitments backed off. There, there's been coaching changes and stuff going on, so maybe he's doing a little bit of a reset there. What, what did you like? What's kind of your sense on where he is in, in terms of a decision or maybe taking it a little slower now before he gets too nuts?
1: Yeah, Cordell Russell, a lot of people in Dallas have been calling him baby T.O. for the last year plus. And uh, while it may be a little bit too much of an exaggeration, you can kind of see why that why that comparison is being made. He's just a big-body guy that can go up and has strong hands if can come down with it with some of the best DBs uh, in the country. And he showed that yesterday. He had a couple of acrobatic catches yesterday in the wind uh, that really just made everyone turn and look at each other. He was uh, really impressive yesterday, and I like to see those showings from him. Um, he backed off a TCU commitment recently. He was committed to Sonny Dykes and Rashad Samples under their SMU staff and transitioned that p- commitment over to TCU whenever they made that transition. Uh, but he backed off that commitment recently. Uh, and now that Rashad Samples is on uh, into the NFL, that they may, they lost their main contact with with Cordell. And I like where Texas Tech and Baylor are at right now. I think those are the two schools that are really going to fight and battle for his commitment. And it depends on who you talk to. You talk to people at Tech, they think they got him. You talk to people at Baylor, they think they got him. So I think it's going to be a fun battle.
0: Texas was loaded at offensive tackle last year. Um, you know, Kelvin Banks was number one, finished at number six. Cam Doberry was number five, both guys dominant at, at times. The guy, PJ Williams, is a guy who might project as one of the better ones long-term if you can continue to add weight to that frame. You look at guys who are in the NFL that were first-round draft picks and they were 250, 260 in high school. So it's hard to project that sometimes. Uh, Jane Chapman is a guy who is now 13th at uh, at offensive tackle, and that's the number one Texas offensive lineman that feels low it feels he should be higher is he six four do you think he's a guard do you think he's a tackle how much of a butt kicker is he and 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 kind of where do you think he kind of projects man that's a
1: loaded question I want to start with the guard or tackle question I think he has versatility at either spot which makes him even more intriguing uh, yeah. he lined up at tackle yesterday but I've seen him play guard uh, for his high school at times um, I, I think that's truly a case where when he gets to college, I think a, a college offensive line coach will have some fun playing with him and then projecting him as far as, you know, when he becomes a sophomore, truly pinning him to a specific, uh, you know, inside or outside. But looking at him yesterday, he was he was probably my favorite offensive lineman at the camp yesterday, just dominating guys and, you know, really showing that he's one of the best in the country. And, you know, you mentioned the offensive line class in the state of Texas in 2022. It was super deep, but 2023 is surely made up for it because it's super thin now in 2023. So, Uh, So whenever you have elite guys like Jaden Chapman or Harris Sewell, there's going to be some guys that are going to go after – or there's going to be some programs that are going to go after them pretty heavily. Um, Jaden Chapman, where his recruitment is at, I like where Texas, Texas A&M, and Alabama are at right now. Um, I want to see him return to Austin as well. He he was there in in January for the junior day. But I really like his uh, relationship with Kyle Flood. I think that's really starting to make an impact in his recruitment. I like those three schools right now kind of separating against the rest.
0: There we go. 17 and a half minutes in and out, as they say, uh, that is new national recruiting analyst, Nick Harris. I'm Adam Gorney, and this is the respect my decision podcast.